60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, Steve found his notes. Yeah. <laughs> Not like last week where he no. didn't have his notes. He definitely has them this week oh and could gosh. remember the intro. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so this is episode 35? Uh, yeah, this is big 3-5. Of the 60 Cycle Hum. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. One of these days we're going to hit a year and then we're going to... Think long and hard about quitting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, today uh, we're drinking some uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, uh, which I actually, I kind of like it. Yeah, they do a good Oktoberfest. Yeah. Carl Strauss does a really good Oktoberfest. Yeah, they do. Oh. Obviously, like, you know, the best Oktoberfest are like Paul Ainer and, yeah, yeah. you know, the actual German Oktoberfest beers. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, for the American Oktoberfest, Sam Adams does a good one. I actually don't like a lot of Sam Adams beers, but I I do like the Oktoberfest oh, when yeah. it comes out. Uh, should uh, oh, Steve, what's new? Um, so I thought I'd give a little update after I talked about it in the last episode, like my Craigslist couple of weeks. Uh huh. Um, I'm still not making money. Not yet, anyways. Um, but, like, I'm in a pretty good position. You know, not being able to sell the Mexican Strat, I just, you know, I might have to drop the price pretty low. I, I don't know if it's because it's HSS. I think it's the Midnight Wine color. It might be. I've always thought it was kind of a dumb color. That's, I'm sure there's someone out here there that's going to love it. Sure, but I, it's not like a classic Fender color to me. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that might be part of it. I'll probably drop the price down again soon. Uh, but I did like a ton of um, buying and selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a, a... It's kind of like the analog to your Explorer. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot sense. about that already. Uh, so it's a black... What I bought was this Explorer caster. Telesplorer? 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 I don't know. Telecaster Explorer? Uh, but it's uh, it was a Explorer body with a Telecaster neck, and I bought this for $100. Uh-huh. Uh, the body has like a hardtail bridge from Stumac, um, like the Fender top-loading style yeah. uh, bridge, uh, and an EMG 85 bridge pickup. That's Heavy it. metal. Yeah. And then a Telecaster neck. <laughs> yeah. And I, just to make it make it funky. And I was like, oh, and I think I paid... Shoot, I don't even remember what I paid. Wasn't it like 50 bucks or something like that? Or? Maybe. It might have been... You need to keep a spreadsheet. I have I a do. spreadsheet at home. Oh, okay. Um, I just remember, I want to say it was like maybe 60 or 80. It was dirt cheap. Yeah. No, you know what? It was 100. Was it 100? Yeah, it was 100. Um, and I thought... I knew it was a risk buying... Yeah, um, but you might, that's, might that's have been able high. to flip that neck. Yeah, but I took the neck off, and the neck was in all parts Fender licensed neck. Uh huh. Um, and I sold with and it had Goto tuners on it. I sold it to a local guy who uh, builds Telecasters for 120 bucks. So I'm nice. agreeing on that that sale already. Hey, you're in the black, as Ryan likes to say. Everything else is gravy. Yep, that's um, gravy. So I, I I did that pretty quickly. I just put the body up recently, so I haven't uh, sold that yet. The early actually before or after I bought that, um, I saw an Ampeg BA one fifteen, uh-huh. which I posted up in the group. Um, I got that for twenty bucks. I 
Sheesh. Still haven't really had a chance to play test it. Well, it's like busted or something, right? The guy says that the volume knob like freaks out above five, but I don't know if it's the master volume or the gain. I don't know if it's an issue with the pot that can be cleaned. I don't know if it's something like some kind of joint that like at once you hit that volume point with bass because it vibrates the cabinet so badly that it's like uh-huh. shaking something loose. You know what it might be is where he's at. He might have dirty power. Like uh, my bassist in Dinosaur Ghost, he has trouble at our practice space. Sometimes the power will be so dirty that his amp acts really funky. Oh, weird. And it doesn't happen anywhere else. Oh, I did buy this from like a guy in an apartment in North Park. That might be it. Because like it'll be like if he, he turns it up to a certain point, like the power is so bad that the speaker just permanently like flexes out and just goes whoop. Yeah, um, this the guy said that um, it starts cutting in and out, and then it'll just start emitting like a high pitched, like whine huh. kind of a tone. Who knows? But, Who knows? And, and yeah, it's hard to test without. Like, I don't even have a bass at home. I feel like putting a guitar into it isn't necessarily going to replicate the scenario. I I plugged in a cable to it. I turned everything up to ten. Yeah, and then I just touched the tip to well, get that ground buzz. Oh, okay. And it sounded fine, and I did it like over and over again, like bzz, 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 um, Yeah. And, and <laughs> How I, did that go, Steve? Nice. Someone sampled that into a uh, dubstep song. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I may plug a guitar into it if it's not too loud. At when, if, it's, if I get a spot at home today where, like, which I probably won't. Where it will be quiet enough. It's not so much about quiet enough that I can do it, but like empty enough where I like I'm there by myself. Sure, sure. You're not or, irritating people. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just on that basic test, like which is usually like a g- decent test for like if you have a some kind of amp problem, yeah. like it will replicate itself just with any signal passing through. Uh, but nothing. Um, so that motivated me. To a few months ago, I brought home a Fender Bassman 100, not a vintage one, but one of the ones that I think came out. Is that out. the one that was in the gallery? The one that was in the park gallery. Okay, I didn't know you took that home. Yeah, I, I took it home. I was going to replace all the pots. So basically, it was donated. Ryan and I used to run a venue called the Park Gallery with uh, Adam Powell, uh-huh. and uh, someone donated an amp to there, but no one used it. It was, I mean... I think you got to put real, that thing up as is, man. It was in really bad shape. Um, so originally my thought was, like, I'll bring it home. I'll replace all the pots. There's like 10 pots on that thing. So that's like 50 yeah. bucks in parts to replace. It's not worth it. They're all circuit board mounted pots. Um, and I just kept going back. And I'm like, I'm like oh, this would be fun. But like, I'm going to spend 50 bucks in pots. And then I'm going to sell it for like 100 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And you're going to spend so long working on that. Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing was uh, taking the amp out and basically putting it up on Craigslist as um, I as working cabinet. Oh, okay. Um, it just you, all you need to do to make it really make it working cabinet is to uh, attach a uh, an amp to it, a jack to the amp, and the, or a jack to the cabinet. There's oh, no, right, right. It's not. It's uh, it was a hardwired hardwired circuit, uh, hardwired speaker. Um, that was connected with um, like electrical connectors. Oh, okay. Um, like clips. Clips. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so I just took off the clips. I pulled the amp out and uh, I listed the cabinet for 50 bucks. And I said, like, if you want the, the amp, I'll throw in the amp for another 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, you can try it out. You can mess with it, whatever. Like, I don't sure. know what the condition is. I don't even know. I don't even think there's like a power cable for it. No, there's not. Uh, I think the power cable got set, like uh, cannibalized into something else. Around it probably just the got. Gallery. Yeah, it probably just got used for something else. It's one of those computer cable style things. Yeah. So those things are dirt cheap. I have I've got a hit on it. I just haven't had a chance to get together with the yeah. guy. Um, but hopefully, he's like, oh, I want to check it out. Like, I hope he doesn't want to plug it in because there's the whole thing is gonna happen. Like. I've already taken this thing apart. So you said fifty bucks for the cab plus yeah. ten bucks if they want the amp. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone out there is going to be like, yeah, I want that project. Yeah, just for you know, even if I basically what I told him because I'm pretty sure I've run through that amp before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I know it works. It's just like all the controls are busted. Yeah. Uh, except for like one of the knobs isn't, and I'm just like, there's not really a lot to check out. I'm probably when I email the guy back. Uh, I'm just going to be like, hey, you can come check it out. I don't have a power cable for it. I don't have a base here. Right. It's like, basically like a bucket of like parts. It's a bucket of parts. Yeah. It's, is it worth it? Like if you need a base cabinet and you can solder a jack onto this thing and sure. you have a head. Sure. Uh, it's going to be great. This would actually be a great match for my, uh, like that crate power block that I have. It yeah. It would probably be a great match for that. It's, it's really big and heavy. It's a big one by 15. I actually played uh, with a band. Cool. I played with a band last night that was using one of those. I mean, it wasn't in the shape that sure. this is in, but it sounded fine. This is, you know, it's a decent amp. Yeah. So um, I've got that piece to move. That's not really part of my Craigslist thing because that money will be um, donated to the church. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, because that was donated to the park gallery. And I just feel like if when I sell stuff, even if it's stuff the church isn't isn't using even if it's stuff the church never used right the fact that it was donated to the church like i feel like that money needs to go back sure um which is fine yeah uh i'm still like i said i haven't had a chance to try out that ampeg if it works and it sounds great then i'm gonna keep it because i've been wanting like uh i've actually been wanting that amp for a while because because it tilt back has a tilt back feature nice so i thought that it might be really cool to use in church do you own a bass amp right now i Sort of. It's the I own that Polytune. Oh yeah, what that is thing's that a thing? beast to haul. Is that at your house right now? Yeah. Oh okay. It's in a closet. I forgot about the Polytune. Yeah. That thing's crazy. That Polytune's rad. Yeah. Um, I used it. Uh, used it once. Is that the this same year. one with like the waffle foam on it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I still, awesome. I've been wanting to replace that grill for a long time, and I yeah. just haven't. <laughs> um, again, like projects that you just don't start because you live in a condo. Yeah, totally. Um, so well, yeah, what's, so, what's my excuse <laughs> with my stuff? <laughs> uh, well, you have Laziness. a kid. That's yeah, I do have a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just the Craigslist thing is. I feel like it's been going well. I've been taking it pretty slow. Yeah, that's what you have to um, do. You have to play the long game with this but, stuff. Really, like, I'm on track to... Like, if I was to sell everything at what I think is a reasonable price um, right now... Like, if I was to sell the MIM Strat, the Mexican Stratocaster, and that body, Uh that Explore body with the EMG, if I was to sell those two pieces, I would probably come out $100 a head. Nice. Uh, if I was to sell the amp, I could probably get another 
uh, I'd probably go like plus 80 on that. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd put me almost $200 ahead, which again, I started this a few months ago, but I haven't been too aggressive. The market's been kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, it's just been slow. I don't know if that's a, in, indicative of anything. Um, I mean, that it might just be harder to flip, like if people are getting smarter about their prices. Maybe. Obviously, like there's still great deals to be had because, like I talked about last episode, that Squire Bullet yeah. for forty bucks is ridiculous. Bucks. Yeah, it's and crazy. if I sell that thing, like I'll turn a hundred dollars easy on that oh, car if, totally. I, if I decide to sell it. And the person buying it would still be getting a great deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's what's new. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, should we get straight into ads then? Yeah, let's do some ads. Uh, you hit yours first. All right. Are we only doing two ads this week? Yeah, we're going to do two ads okay. just because we have a bunch of uh, cluster topics. Yeah. Um, so this was quick labeled as quick sale. $200 Ibanez Joe Satriani electric guitar. Black. Black. Worth $1K for $200. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I am selling my black Ibanez Joe Satriani S100 guitar to JS100, you nerd. <laughs> That's not even an insult. No. What do you? How do you insult dummy? There, let's go dummy. You dingus. This is the JS one hundred, not yeah. the S one hundred. Yeah, S one hundred is totally different. Yeah, is it? I don't know. There I don't. Is, is there even an S one hundred? Probably not. Which is in excellent condition. I have used it and really enjoyed it for a little over a year when I used to play guitar. I've had it wrapped up ever since. It comes with a gig bag. Uh, I'm just saying that from the pictures. Right. It only needs the last string repaired. What? Oh, uh, repair that string. And you may want to get it restringed, so I'm willing to sell it for $200 today for a very quick sale for this afternoon tonight. Tomorrow, I'll going to put it back up for $450, which is still an amazing deal. Call me at blank. Mitchell. Hi, Mitchell. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know... First off, he's missing a, z- a zero in there to make it worth a thousand dollars. The the uh, the JS one thousand. Then you're getting close to something that's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, did you did you eBay the JS one thousands at all? Yeah, yeah. They're that's your thousand dollar Joe Satriani guitar. This is these the JS one hundreds is more like the budget version of these. Yeah, they were still pricey. I, I found the red ones at, I think, Guitar Center. Uh-huh. I think they were like 800 Yeah. Maybe 900 But still, like, they they go for, you know, 500 used all the time. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. They don't even... I mean, they go for less than that used. Uh, I think I saw some for, um, like... 300 oh yeah totally um uh that's not to say that they're not a good guitar and at 200 dollars, i if i didn't have a baby that i was helping to take care of i probably would have been out the door to pick this thing up oh yeah uh honestly because sometimes i still get the floyd rosich oh my god i'm like oh man maybe i want you know to get myself one of those shred metal floyd rose guitars again I'm right. not a big fan of the color on this. I don't like black. Guitars. All right, so here's a black one that sold August 23rd for 200 plus shipping. Another one for 250 plus shipping. Really, that low? Um, 299 plus shipping. So he was almost at the right price on his very super low. Yeah, there price. was one that did go for 440 plus shipping. So that's almost 500 dollars. Right, uh, and I'm looking at all colors here. Uh, there's like three different versions of the JS100. I guess there's two. I think there's black and transparent red. 
Uh, the yeah. black ones go for less than the red ones, typically. And uh, like I said, um, you know, three or four hundred, I guess, would be like a more fair price. Sure. Uh, we talked about the JS one thousands, and the JS one thousands are eBaying looks like uh, from as low as 700 plus shipping uh-huh. it's actually one that sold for 400 but really? a lot of them are selling in the uh i'd say 650 to 800 range yeah but retail you're going to be over a grand for those yeah. yeah yeah so that's the one that if he said like if it was a js like you said if it was a js 1000 and he said this is over um this is worth a thousand dollars and i'd be like okay like brand new it's probably around that price yeah but not used. Um, even the Guitar Center is selling a used one for $810. I wonder if someone scammed him. If he paid $1,000 for this new. If someone was like, oh yeah, these go for $1,000. And he bought a JS100 instead of a JS1000 thinking that it was um, worth that. Maybe. You know, what I think probably happened is... Um, that he probably bought this. He said he bought, played it for like a year. Who knows how long it hasn't been being hasn't been played? Right. Um, I think he. And prob- why did he stop playing guitar? Yeah. What the heck, man? Dude, keep playing guitar forever. That's what you're supposed to do. My guess is he played it, and then he probably couldn't remember how much he pl- paid. Didn't look it up. Just figured, oh, I remember it was a lot. Right. Said, oh, probably a thousand dollars sounds right. I don't know. Um. It doesn't look like the JS-1000 is being made anymore, or at least if it is, Musician's Friend isn't carrying it. Sure. Um, because the price online is listed as zero. <laughs> it's free! Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, that's that's my guess, because the JS-100s were, like like I said, I think like seven or $800 new. Yeah. You know, he probably bought some other stuff with it and after tax and everything, it probably came out like sure. over $800. So he's like, oh, we'll just call it 1000 Sure, sure. Or he's a lying jerk. A lying liar. Who lies. Who tells lies. Yeah. Your name is Liar because you sit on a throne <laughs> of lies. Yeah. But for 200 bucks, like I said, I was almost out the door to get yeah, it. Yeah. It's a great price yeah. at 200, but it's not like the rest of the story is still sketchy. Yeah. It's like, why do you need to sell this today for 200, but tomorrow you will sell it for 450? Like, right. It's, this is like a stoner special definition. Like, this guy's sitting at home. He's got the itch bad for whatever medicine he needs, and he just has to get enough cash to get his guy over. He lives in Rancho Santa Fe. Hey, those people. But they don't. They scratch their own itch. You they, don't. They medicate. You don't. Yeah, but you don't need to sell a guitar for two hundred dollars. Just because he lives there doesn't mean that he's the reason why he lives there. He's probably got rich parents. Yeah, you can't ask your rich parents for drug money. That's true. I mean, sometimes you can. <laughs> but, you just uh, got to share. Yeah, you got to get the good stuff. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> I don't want to get it out of this. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, what's your ad? Uh, I've got an ad here that has been up on our local Craigslist for a while now. It's for a Gibson Kalamazoo KG Dash One. This guy wants five hundred bucks for this. Uh, if we'll do a quick little history thing on the Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is a brand that Gibson put out in the '60s. It was basically like a uh, early equivalent to like Epiphone where it was sure. their budget line of guitars that that was put out under a name other than Gibson 
Uh, interestingly, a lot of their di- their designs kind of cheesed off of the Fender sort of aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, this one has like a very strong resemblance to a Mustang, and right. with like a a headstock that winks at a Fender design, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, a six in line tuner sort of thing, and uh, you know, you'll see the picture when we post it on the Facebook group. Uh, this is an interesting ad because this guy sounds like he bought the guitar either as a neck and then the body and then assembled the parts, or maybe he just got the neck and body together. But uh, I'll read the ad, the description of what he did on this. Um, Here for sale is a vintage Gibson guitar. I spent a lot of time and money building this. The prices listed are what I spent. The neck feels just right. Not a baseball bat. Not a thin ripper with no tone either. She has a Lolar Melody Maker pickup. She? Mm-hmm. He uh, has assigned a gender to this. Didn't an ad from last episode have a gender assigned to the guitar too? Uh, Another she? No, I think we were just talking about this one. Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. So long ago. He had Lolar make a pit guard too for 65 bucks. Uh, I think you can buy the pit guards for these for... Like thirty five bucks or whatever. Yeah, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if WD Music didn't have them. Yeah, I feel like I saw original ones on eBay when I was price checking oh, this yeah. for like thirty something bucks. But he's got a, a low lower pickup in here that has kind of unique uh, uh, dimensions to it. So he probably just had them make the pick guard to fit it. Uh, he the thing that's crazy is he had this refretted. Fresh frets, nice fat ones you can dig into, with fretboard radius changed to 12 inches. Whoa. So he had a major operation done on the on the neck of this guitar. Yeah. He had the frets changed, and he had the fretboard radius changed. And if you don't know what the radius is, that is the uh, the slight curve that's on the fretboard. Yeah. And, and uh, 12 inches is basically a measurement of the setting of the machine that they use to mill the well, radius. Well, it's the... It's the like, it's the size of the circle. Right, right. Like if you put like if you imagine the the neck being on the outside of a of a cylinder when they you know turn it against a piece of sandpaper or whatever, the circle that it would be on, that's the measurement of the radius. Yeah. So this thing was on a on a pivoting point that was twelve inches radius, which is twenty four inches diameter. Uh, so twenty four inch wide cylinder this thing was on ba- yeah basically something like that's uh, yeah and the the uh, the larger the radius the flatter the fretboard basically yeah so this thing uh, I, I you know out of the sixties I'd guess that this thing started out with like an eight or a nine inch radius it might have well I know if, if it's if they're really going for like the fender thing it would have been a seven and a half wow um. So he made this thing really flat, which yeah, is what I, you see like on shredder guitars. I'm not sure what the radius was on the older Gibson models, if it was different. Sure. But I know the current Gibson uh, Les Paul radius is 12. Is it really? Wow. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I said that with such confidence. Yeah. You guys can correct us on the on the 60 Cycle Hum group that's on Facebook. Yeah. Get on there and talk to us and tell us how stupid and wrong we are. <laughs> uh, Please. He, he says for that that major, major neck operation, he spent 415 uh, done by Master Luthier Mose in La Mesa, which is a famous kind of repair shop here. Uh, real bone nut. He says fresh real bone nut. So he harvested the bone, apparently. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder what animal he took that bone out of. 
uh, also done by Moe's. Uh, he put uh, vintage style Fender tuners on here for thirty bucks, uh, and then a bridge for eighty dollars. He's got an aftermarket bridge on this thing, uh, so he put a lot of money into this, and he's asking five hundred. Another another feature he put on these is that there's uh, some of these used to come with tremolos on them with like a like it would be screwed into the top of the body and there are three screw holes left and he screwed like punk rock spikes into them yeah. from like a yeah. hot topic or what whatever the heck, man which is a pretty goofy thing to do but yeah. I I get where he's coming from kind of where you want to fill those empty holes but. That's you're doing so, so much other goofy. work on this. Why not just yeah? Why get not some wood, get some like grain yeah. filler and refinish it or something? Yeah, like you're totally. already putting a ton of money into this. Oh man! But he wants five hundred, which is less than what he paid to put this thing together. Uh, these things go kind of all over the map depending on their condition on eBay. Yeah, I've seen them in poor condition on Craigslist and eBay in like the kind of four hundred range. I've seen them in really good condition in like the seven to eight hundred dollar range. Uh, right, it's a really interesting like history of Gibson sort of thing where you can get these '60s Gibsons that are made in the Kalamazoo factory, which is where they made all the Gibsons uh, for under a grand. And so it can be a really neat thing if you want that level of quality that they were being made at. Yeah. In the 60s without having to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for a Gibson. But still, it's a guitar that's a Fender knockoff made by Gibson and intended to be a student model. So it's still not like you're getting a high-end Les Paul or something like that. Right. But it's an interesting piece of history, of guitar history and manufacturing history. Uh, they look pretty cool. They're supposed to play real nice. I think I've picked up one... At a shop once, and I think I was impressed. I can't remember. I don't remember thinking like, "Oh, this isn't worth the hype." Sure, but uh, yeah, neat guitars for five hundred dollars. I have, tr- I would have trouble picking this up for five hundred dollars. Yeah, would you pick it up at four hundred? I might start considering it. Okay, just it does have the low lars in there, which is a great pickup. Yeah, that's a great company, but it's not. It's definitely not stock. I'd rather have the stock pickup. You know, I'd rather have that 60s uh, single coil. Was it just like a single coil pickup in there originally? Yeah, it was a Gibson design single coil. This looks like it's more of a P90 style. Yeah. Um, It says Luller Melody Maker. That's got to just be their own model name. It it doesn't look like a Gibson Melody Maker pickup at all. Huh. Because it's a big square thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a Melody Maker style pickup, but it's in a unique case. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Excuse me, dang. To be dropped into something. Yeah, really interesting guitar. Uh, you can, you'll see these come up on your local Craigslist or Ebay's or whatever. Yeah, they're worth checking out. Is that a sparkle finish or does your printer just? My suck? printer sucks. Okay. It's a flat red finish. All right, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, I keep saying uh-huh. we need to get an iPad. Oh. A couple iPads to pass around or something like that. That's expensive, man. It is expensive, but it's like the printer sucks. I One day it's <laughs> not going to work, and we're going to be looking at the ads on the computer screen that we're recording on. Right. Or I guess we could just do it on the phone. Maybe there's a way I can set up like some sort of like a cloud. Uh, Google Drive, man. Google. I could Google Drive Maybe. all the ads, and we could just pull them up. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably Jeez. what I should be doing. And we can pull them up on our phones. All right, so that's the ads. Do we yeah. want to dive into we're, some of these topics? Yeah, we're going to do something different first. Sure. Uh, Who last, sent this to us? Last week, we did something different. We promoted Big Ear NYC. Uh-huh. If you haven't checked them out yet, what, then What's you didn't. What's wrong with you? Did you even listen to last episode? Uh, you guys are not winning the Fan of the Year Award All right. or Listener um, of the Year Award if yeah, you didn't even look at Big Ear NYC. So we're check them out. Uh, go to their, uh, was it pledgemusic.com slash project slash yeah, Big yeah. Ear NYC. Check that out. Uh, this week we got a game sent to us. Unfortunately, I think at least between the two of us, we're only going to be able to do this maybe once. Yeah, let's just do it once. We don't want to spend that much time, um, anyways. Well, I mean, what do you mean like we might only be able to do it once ever? Oh, okay. I'm not really sure how these work, but this is Craigslist Mad Libs. Who sent it to us? Dan and NYC. We get a lot of love from New York lately. And NYC. Um, so I'm going to ask Ryan to fill in. Uh, these various things, and then I'll, I will read it back at the yeah. end. So, uh, Ryan, this is going to be really interesting listening. Yeah, this is going to be terrible <laughs> listening. I might have to fast forward through the part where you're having me list oh stuff, and then we'll just read it. Okay, adjective, uh, uh, jump, <laughs> uh, number, uh, ninety-seven and a half, uh, distant relative. Uh, a second uncle. Is that even a real thing? No idea. Uh, another adjective. How about step uncle? <laughs> <laughs> All right, another adjective. Another adjective. Uh, I've never played Mad Libs before. Strain. You've never done a Mad Lib? No. What? What'd you just say? Strain. Is that an adjective? St- that's a like to reach for something. Oh, I'm thinking. Adverb. Adjective is where you it, it describes a noun. A noun or another adjective. Okay. Uh, an adjective. Uh, fuzzy. Okay. That's actually... All right. Uh, color. Uh, chartreuse. No freaking way. I was thinking... Oh, my I hope gosh. he doesn't say chartreuse <laughs> because I don't know how to spell it. Neither do I. Uh, profession. Uh, gynecologist. What? <laughs> I can't spell that either. Uh, adjective. Um, uh, man, I always get stuck on the adjectives. Right into the group. Tell us what adjective oh, I should say. Oh, come on, dude. We don't have that much time. <laughs> uh, sticky. All right, another adjective. Uh, slippery. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, plural noun. Plural noun. Uh, gorillas. Oh my gosh. Uh, number. Uh, uh, 17. Foreign country. Um, Lithuania. Why do you keep spelling, giving me the hardest ones to spell? <laughs> uh, number. Uh, uh, 78,392. Dude, are you looking at this right now? No. Because that number is perfect. Is it? Uh, noun. Noun. Uh, uh, California. I guess that's a noun. This person plays her thing. Yeah. 
Well, a noun is just you, that's a proper anyway. Uh, animal. Uh, a snail. Uh, adjective. Uh, shoot. Um, I told you I always have trouble with the adjectives. Um, moist. All my adjectives are gross. Emotion. <laughs> uh, uh, horny. <laughs> Plural noun. Is that an emotion or is that more of a physical state? It'll work. Okay. Plural noun. Um, plural noun. Buildings. <laughs> Number. Uh, two. Adjective. Uh, uh, sturdy. Plural noun. Uh, how long does this go? This is the last one. Okay. Plural noun. Uh, golf balls. All right. All Here right. we go. I hope that wasn't too boring to listen to, guys. I don't know. I, I'm going to listen to it. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Craigslist Mad Lips. Guitars in junk condition, except for 97 and a half small dings. <laughs> I'm selling it for my step-uncle, who is the original owner. I restrung it, and it sounds fuzzy. Only mod is the pickup ring, changed from cream to chartreuse. <laughs> the finish on the neck has been removed by a gynecologist... And it plays sticky and slippery. It's lighter than most gorillas, weighing in at approximately 17 pounds. Made in Lithuania. Only 78,392 made. Whoa. I never gigged it. It's only lived in my California and snail-free apartment. What? Nah, I messed up on California. Sorry. It still smells moist. Makes me horny to get rid of this beauty. I've babied it. But I really need the buildings, unfortunately. Two dollars or best offer. Please, sturdy offers only. Oh, man. I will consider a trade for golf balls of similar value. I'm going to use that. I'm gonna, like, it makes me so horny to sell this. Um, so, yeah. Oh, ad-libs. Oh. They're you know, a real this, party favorite. I wonder if this might be something to like throw at guests, like when we have like guest hosts. Yeah. Cause, but now that I'm saying that, like whoever our next guest host is going to be is going to like listen to the last 30 seconds and memorize the entire story. We could probably make our own ad libs where we just take an actual Craigslist ad and remove the adjectives. Yeah, that's true. But that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, we, only have, we only have to do it every once in a while. Uh, still sounds like a lot of work. All right, so uh, if you guys have any games you want to send us, yeah, or if you find other Mad Libs that aren't this one, <laughs> uh, and you thought this was entertaining, uh, send it to us at 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's, that way it'll be a surprise for everybody. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, uh, com- complain to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, screw you guys. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we got some more topics. We kind of put a call out. Uh, just asking for topics. We actually did have one email. Uh, this is from Co, who was our guest uh, a couple episodes ago. Yep. He says, hey, guys, I have an Ibanez ASB140. It's an ES335 style bass. The tone pot on it seems to do absolutely nothing. It's a single humbucker pickup, one volume, one tone setup. Uh, sorry, uh, I can't breathe. 
Uh, now the question, would it actually benefit my tone to remove the pot from the guitar? I've heard it opens up the sound of the guitar. Is it as simple as cutting it out? Um, so I can answer the last question. From what I've looked at a handful of schematics, it may be as simple as just cutting it out. Like it literally, um, now it's going to be hard because it's you're talking about uh, ES335 style. If you have to work through the F holes, getting the pot out could be tricky. I looked at pictures of this and the pots are really close to the F holes and the F holes are really big. Yeah. It might not be that tricky. It might be something where if you actually had a, a small pair of cutters... You could, what I would try first is figure out which one is the pot, the tone pot, uh-huh. and just go in and cut everything that tone pot is connected to. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the way a tone pot kind of works is it is chained to the volume pot. Yeah. Within like a in and in, an in and out in the ground. Yeah. Uh, you should probably be able to just cut those and then it'll the guitar will still function straight through the volume to the output exactly because the output is usually connected directly to the volume knob having a loose ground wire could be bad it could uh, uh so it, that it, might be a little tricky spot it would be good to clean stuff up in there for uh, sure i would my first question honestly would be like why isn't the tone knob working and can we fix that yeah and just try to fix that instead of trying to just cut it out uh, but you did ask if there is any benefit to not having a tone knob. Uh, it's the, you have more experience with that than I do. You've got it what, one or two guitars without tone pots, right? Yeah, it depends on the value of the the pot that you'd be using. Yeah, uh, if you if you have a two hundred and fifty k pot in there, then cutting it out and getting rid of it probably would have some kind of difference. Yeah, because that does bleed off some highs. Uh, on a bass guitar, I don't think it's an issue. Right. Uh, on, the, on a bass guitar, that might be why the tone pot's not having that big of an effect. It's because it's not high enough Is value. It, just might, the pot might be the wrong value pot or the wrong value capacitor. Or the capacitor could have become disconnected or something like that. Yeah. My guess is if it's not doing anything at all, there's probably something wrong with the circuit. Yeah. If you just want to bypass it instead of fixing it, yeah, you can you can probably just chop it out. Um and uh well going direct like it will reduce, you know, it's going to change the load a little. Um I don't so think on a bass guitar it's going to make a big difference. It might not make that big of a difference. Um do you remember what company it was that had on their guitars, they had like a bur- they called it like the burner switch, I think, or it's, it's, maybe Ooh. it's just a mod. Oh, I don't know. Is that where it like bypasses everything? Yeah, there's a uh, dude. Is is it how alcoholic is it to pour water into your empty beer glass so you can make sure you drank all of your beer? That's pretty bad. Gotta get every drop, huh? I do that with coffee. Like with my really? coffee cups at work after I finish them because I put hot chocolate in them uh-huh. to do kind of a mocha thing. I take uh, water and I put it in there and mix up like the chocolate residue on the bottom. Interesting. And I got chocolate water, which so sounds you, disgusting. Yeah. I usually don't like water with faint hints of flavor in it. Yeah. Well, I can't taste anything at this point. It's all suds. I don't even know why I did it. Sure, sure. Um. Anyway, <laughs> there's a mod... <laughs> called it's i want to say it's called like the burner mod or like afterburner or something uh-huh. and all it is is a switch that bypasses uh it's most i think i've mostly seen it on strats it bypasses the entire volume and and tone circuit on a strat and just wires you straight to output right it goes straight from like the switch to the output and 
it adds like a little bit to the high end and it just like bumps up your signal. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't actively do anything, no. but by removing all the pots, you do get a volume increase. Sure. And by, also like if you're running any kind of like tone setting or volume setting on your guitar, it's a quick way to switch to a completely different sound. Right. In the case of a bass, again, especially since you'll be leaving the volume pot in place still, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference. No, I don't think it will. I think if you're bothered by the fact that the tone doesn't work and you do want to try that, then go ahead and cut those wires. Just know, you know, with working through an F-hole, it might be difficult to put it back after you do that. Hey, who are you calling an F-hole? <laughs> Co's <laughs> uh, other question was on solder, solder free glue. I've never heard of it. Soldering glue, something like that. I, I did a quick search and I basically found other. Uh, I found like forums where people are like asking, "Have you ever used this?" And people are like, "No." Oh, weird. So it's a new thing to me. I've never, never heard of it. I mean, I guess if you had some sort of conductive adhesive, it would work. Yeah. Um, I would be concerned about it having, um, yeah, it's called solder. He says solderless wire glue. Just learned to solder already or what? Yeah. Just learned to solder already. Yeah, probably. Um, maybe that stuff is good for like a quick fix. Like if you're in an industry where you're out in the field and you need a quick fix on something. Uh, but I, for a guitar, like just slow down, take your time. Like you're not. You're not really going to benefit that much from it. The nice thing about solder is that you can undo it. Yeah. Can you undo this glue? You probably can just heat it up just like regular glue you and it'll so? melt, but that's going to be real nasty. Like a big mess. Yeah. I would just stick to solder. It's a tried and true. It's not expensive to get into soldering stuff. You know, I think we were talking a few episodes back. A soldering iron is like 15 bucks. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Um, Matthew Phillips just wrote this to flange or not to flange? Like <laughs> to use a flanger? Yeah. Uh, it really depends. You've really got to use that flanger creatively because if you just drop it after a heavy drive and just get the jet sound, people are tired of that. Uh, I'm going to say flange, and I think Daniel Tyack agrees with me. Oh, yeah. Well, Daniel. Di- Daniel has my flanger right now. I bought a flanger and then the same day showed it to him and he's like, Hey, can I borrow that? And I was like, yeah, okay. I intended to flip it. <laughs> and then he's decided that he's going to keep it. And I haven't decided to fight him about it because I don't miss it because I didn't plan on using it. <laughs> All right. Um, Cody Thompson wrote in about intonation methods. Uh, we kind of only share, we shared the only one that we've really done, which is to, to uh, pick the 12th fret and, and try to get the 12th fret note to match the open note by adjusting the saddles. Yeah. Of the distance of the saddles. It's really pretty simple. Also, uh, gravity picks and why you don't use them. I don't use them because uh, I have been using Fender heavies or Fender mediums the whole time I've played guitar and I'm very comfortable with them, and I really like the way they feel. I have, you know, in my youth, I've tried all kinds of different funky picks to see if something was more to my liking, and nothing ever stuck. I just like the feel of that kind of classic guitar pick. Uh, I know there's lots of people who like these kind of thicker acrylic-style picks or, you know, picks that are made out of wood or metal. Yeah. All these kinds of funky things. Uh, Another thing is I've got... I bought a pack of probably a hundred fender picks 
five years ago <laughs> and I'm, I still have more than like 70% of them. And every time I need picks, I just go fish a handful of them out of the dryer. Right. Uh, and I probably paid 10 bucks for all those picks. There was a stretch when we were in your favorite band. So back when Ryan and I were in a band together, uh, at that time, you weren't playing guitar at church. I was actually playing guitar at church, uh-huh. but I was playing bass in your favorite band. And um, probably f- like for a, a two or three or four year stretch in there, I didn't have to buy picks because we practiced <laughs> We practiced for your favorite band at church and you'd always like drop them on the floor. And then when I'd show up like the next day yeah. for worship team rehearsal, I'd just be like, oh, there's another pick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's another pick. And I just never bought picks. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I've found picks that work for me. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been happy with them. And so I've been kind of curious about, like, the gravity pick and the V pick. But, like, I just... I'm not really motivated to pull the trigger. They're, it's like, just five not... bucks a piece. Yeah, which... I would be really bummed if I lost one. Right. And the thing is, is they are, they are like, super hard. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're not supposed to... I don't know if they're super... Hard in the sense that, like, they're but of like rigidity, but in terms of like, I don't think they're supposed to wear down the way right. like, a, like the celluloid picks wear down. I actually broke one playing bass, a I've celluloid of uh, celluloid heavy. I've never broken a heavy pick before, wow. but I broke one not too long ago playing bass. Um, and I don't think these acrylic picks are designed to break or no, whatever I don't think they they're ever going to I don't think they're ever going to break unless you're intentionally trying to break it in a vice or something like that uh but yeah like I said it's 5 bucks I'd get super bummed if I lost one of those if I lose a fender pick it's like whatever <laughs> I've got you know 100 more of them at home yeah um like cuz I drop picks all the time on stage and I just pull another one out of my pocket to do that with the gravity pick I'd need to have three of them right and I, and I'm spending 15 bucks on picks right uh i guess so if you really like the feel of them or you really like uh the way they attack the string or whatever then that's what you're going to go with yeah i think you know i think there's definitely a market for like a high-end or different style picks i know sure uh we're working on getting them on the show but our buddy paul anderberg uh-huh. has like an assortment of picks he's got like a quiver like no literally i don't know if it's still on his, his most recent yeah. Uh, pedal board, but for a while he had like a pick holder, not like an Altoids tint that holds your spare picks, but no, I literally. Think he still has that. It's got that big metal spring. Yeah, it's like a spring that picks are in, and I think it's because he actually uses like different picks for different songs. Yeah. It's like, he's like a golfer with a caddy. Like he, yeah. He looks at a song and he's like, do I want the, uh, the nine iron or the seven iron on this? I don't know. This song looks like it might have a good solo stretch in there. I might want the wood pick. Yeah. I don't know. The brass, though, it might get me. Might get me a little bit more top end on this song. <laughs> you, now, you know, know, you find stuff that works. You use the tools that get you the tone that you want. Exactly. Um, Tyak wants to know why do old guys wear bowling shirts with flames? Uh, because when those old guys were young, if those shirts had been available, they would have been rad. But <laughs> now they're just tacky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like uh, imagine like you were born in the forties, so you were a teenager. In the fifties or the sixties, yeah, there's a you and know, the, like you think about hanging out with hot rod dudes. If you could have bought a uh, a polyester shirt that had hot rod flames all over it in the f- late fifties or the sixties, 
how freaking rad would you be? You would have been the coolest kid yeah. on the block. And now you're just old and you're buying all this flame stuff because you're in a blues cover band and you want it. You're like, yeah, hot licks. I want people to think of fire when they're watching me play. But you well, don't, it's funny as Tyak, you don't realize it just makes you look cool. Tyak posted that and then uh, Tim Bolent posted the Epiphone Flame Cat uh, <laughs> guitar. Right. Um, Tim Bolent wants to know what our, our worst Craigslist gear purchase experiences have been. Um, I don't really have, I've, I've been fortunate. I can't really think of any really bad experiences I've had. Um, actually I talked earlier about that Explorer uh-huh. with the Telecaster neck that I bought getting, working something like working on a schedule with that guy was really hard because like the first day I was supposed to meet him, I texted him at like eight thirty and was like, Hey, I'm running late. Uh, are you still available? Like, can I just swing by after nine? Which is pretty late at night to do a Craigslist deal. Sure. He texted me the next morning. Oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> um, but I've never had anything that I would legitimately call like a bad experience. Right. Um, at least not from like a person to person side. Um, and I haven't had anything. Like I don't. I don't even think I've had somebody like come and look at something. And then be like, then like berate me for like asking a certain amount of money yeah. for it or anything. Like I'm thinking of, and I, I don't want to, I'm just going to throw this guess out there. Was selling, was it a chorus pedal you sold to some dude that came from like San Ysidro? Oh, yeah. Would you call that one, one of your worst or your worst? That was pretty bad. I don't remember what I was selling though. Um, but yeah, he, he, we agreed on a price, and then he showed up with way less money, and like it was tried- like eight dollars. But it was uh, like a, it was like a forty dollar pedal. Yeah, it's like he was trying to hand me like thirty two dollars when he had already talked me down to forty dollars, yeah. and I had it listed at fifty or something like that. Right. So it was always like it was like salt on the wound sort of thing, and he like hand people put the money in my hand, and I had the pedal in his hand, and I counted the money. And it's like, dude, this isn't enough. And he's like, come on, man. I came all the way here. I told you it was a long drive. Help me out. And I was like, dude, I don't care how far you drove. Yeah. We agreed on a price. Yeah. And I, I basically walked away with the pedal in my hand. I was like, sorry, I can't sell you this pedal. Can you imagine trying to use that excuse for something like, okay, so from San Ysidro to here is like 30 miles. So can you imagine trying to use that excuse like... And so, okay, so $8 off for a 30-mile drive. So if you drive, like, 300 miles, can you imagine being like, oh, yeah. hey, oh, yeah, uh, you wanted $500 for this guitar? I only brought 420 Dude, I drove 300 miles. Yeah. Like, like, can you imagine driving up to Los Angeles and just showing up $50 short and be like, but, dude, I drove 100 miles. Come on, man. Hook it up. Yeah, that's stupid. You, you, this is a... The price that you agreed on, you know, that's what you, you don't like subtract your gas money yeah. when you get Just there. Just factor that in. Yeah. Just realize like that's you're going to lose out. But I can't think of anything off the top of my head where it's like, that was a really bad thing for me to go buy. I bought that, that Digitech whammy a while back where oh, yeah. I had an itch to have one and then I got it and then realized I don't 
really need it. Did you sell it already? I haven't yet. I've been meaning to get, do like a day where I sit down and put a bunch of stuff on reverb. I've probably got about four or five pedals right now I need is, to put up. Is that the XP100? Yeah. That's the same pedal that John Schofield uses. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know why that matters. I just no. learned that this week. I've Who, never even listened to John Schofield. What is he from? He's like a jazz guitarist. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, Good for him, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he wants another and I can sell it to him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Adam Rohrer says i have an always on overdrive pedal that i leave the gain all the way down on because it makes a great clean boost did i have an amp that i really love doesn't that defeat the point of having a cool amp with good cleans no it doesn't defeat the point of anything like you know you're supposed to be combining stuff if it's a clean boost i mean boosting before the front end is going to be different than just turning your volume knob up. Sure, sure. And that's like a classic thing is to use a pedal to push a clean amp into overdrive. Yeah. So it's like there's you're not cheating anything. There's You're not defeating the point. You know, people buy amps that sound, you know, good pushed with other pedals, you know. It's not a big deal. So don't worry about that. Don't cry. All what? right. Um <laughs> Matthew Phillips in the last 10 minutes while we after we started doing topics sent in two more nice uh, refinishing techniques i.e. stripping paint applying new paint and stains uh, uh, I heard always hear a heat gun for stripping I tried yeah. chemical peel and it was a mess well it depends on what it was painted with if you've got a you know Mexican or a squire fender or even like an epiphone that's got the hard candy shell yeah chemical's not going to do anything <laughs> No, chemical will destroy that. Oh, really? Yeah. I tried to do chemical on one of those, and it's like the guitar laughed at me. Like, really? This is what you're Oh, no, I did it on that Honer body I had. Uh huh. And that stuff, I mean, it was nasty, though. Yeah. But, like, you let it sit there, and it just turns that stuff into jelly. Oh, man. Well, maybe it was, it was just the guitar I had. It was really na- Maybe it's a different cleaner or chemical. Or maybe, or maybe it was a different paint. Yeah. Who knows? But it's. Uh, I really favor the heat gun, even. But if you're planning on refinishing and having wood grain afterwards, then you got to be really careful with it because you can burn the grain. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's pretty hot. So you got to be really careful and just slowly kind of strip it away. But for most, for most uh, of those plastic poly paints, it'll it'll turn soft and just scrape right off right. with a heat gun. Uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask for refinishing tips because I do everything really ghetto yeah, and really uh, by the seat of my pants. So uh, I suggest checking out reranch.com. I think it's a .com. Which right. is, is a site dedicated to uh, refinishing techniques. And they have some good links there. They sell uh, spray cans of nitro. For uh, all your classic kind of Fender and Gibson colors, they'll show you how to do three-tone sunburst and two-tone sunburst and stuff like that. It's a good resource for getting into that. Right. Because uh, everything I've done is ghetto. Welcome to the hood. I know, right? All right, last question. Matthew Phillips wants to know about guitar hygiene. <laughs> what not to do, things to clean the fretboard with, and how to clean staticky pots and such. Uh, what... What not to do? There's certain there's certain things that you're not supposed to use for like cleaning your neck and fretboard. Sure. 
Um, I've got a bottle of Dunlop 65 that I kind of use for everything, which is part of the Dunlop cleaning kit. Uh huh. I also have a bottle of um, Finger Ease spray. Yeah. Which I've heard is not silicone based, but I, I know people are still kind of wary about whatever it is actually based on. Uh-huh. I've been using it for a while. I really like it. Maybe if you're like really into the collectability and like, or if you got something like genuinely vintage, you want to be more careful. Sure. But for something for like all of my stuff is new, newer ish and not that collectible. So I don't yeah. really worry about it. A lot of times, um, I find the best clean is what I'll do is I will get the like uh so a lot of guys for board conditioning and I forget if this is for rosewood or for maple because there is a difference. We'll just use like lemon oil. Sure. Like um, some kind of furniture yeah. wood oil. Well, yeah, and you have to be careful with like a furniture polish because again, like you don't want something that'll stain it. Yeah, like sil- well, if, you know, or if there's like a silicone, if it's silicone sure. based, that stuff will gum up your supposedly uh gum up your stuff. Um, but what I actually have always, my f- best thing for cleaning is to get a wet, a, get two rags, uh-huh. get a clean one that's like completely clean. I actually get two that are clean and I get the water as hot as I can mm, yeah. out of the sink. Cause it's really just finger grease that you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah. A lot of times cause it's just, it's just simple stuff. I'll get a rag as hot as I can. I will, uh, or I'll get a, the water as hot as I can put one of the rags in there get it soaked and then wring it out complete like as much as you can wring it out until there's like no water dripping so it's just like kind of the steaming rag right and i actually have had a lot of success using that a lot of guys aren't comfortable with it because they're worried about the wood absorbing the steam again i'm just telling you what my experience has been it works great for removing gunk yeah um that's what i've done for especially for neck cleaning front and back of neck i may have to modify that a little because it it doesn't work as well for um for non-finished necks and i have a few sure. guitars now um that the raw neck that have more of a raw neck finish so it doesn't work as well but the uh my red telecaster the one that i built when i first got that neck it was nasty yeah i spent like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of like of like really like focused effort with like just repeated hot water cleaning and uh-huh. it really got like all the dirt out. Um, there are certain things that just weren't going to come out because it was stained or that it was gouged or whatever. Sure. Um, where like where the dirt was just so ingrained into it that it was basically stained by the dirt. Uh-huh. Um, but it was uh, otherwise like it was way cleaner afterwards than it was before. Yeah. It looked great beforehand. Like I just looked at it and thought I was going to get freaking tetanus from playing this guitar. <laughs> I've always done this thing where uh, if I have like a day where I've got all the strings off of a guitar because I'm doing whatever, like messing with electronics or something or doing some kind of maintenance on it, I'll take a plastic scraper yeah. and I'll just scrape the, the gunk off. And that'll leave some gunk so it doesn't feel like, oh, this neck is back to completely clean. Because I prefer there to be a little bit of grease on there. Sure. Uh, You know, in in the past, I've done complete cleans on certain guitars. And I've done, like, where I mix rubbing alcohol with a little water. And, like, with a Q-tip, we'll go in there and clean up problem areas and stuff. I don't know what the experts would say about that. There might be an issue with it, but... It was fine for me. It, yeah, it didn't hurt anything. The the old you know plastic scraper thing is a 
something I know a lot of uh, techs do. Uh, when I had a bass in at uh, a mu- music shop in San Diego, um, they uh, actually, the, the guy did it when I was there because like he just kept, it was kind of a hassle to get my guitar worked there. I had to get, like call them a few times. Uh-huh. And he actually was doing like the final touches while I was in the shop, but he took like a straight razor Oh, wow. and uh, that's what he used for cleaning the fretboard. Uh, I'm not quite comfortable like if that's what he's if that's what they do and I'm sure a lot of techs use like a razor they just put it like straight down and scrape across and it then I mean the neck was like friggin brand new clean afterwards right I've always just taken like an old credit card or like sure we have some old gift cards laying around that don't have any money on them or have, you know we just didn't throw them away for one reason or another totally and I'll use that as like my plastic scraper. Yeah. And again, like it gets ninety five percent of the way there. Yeah, I just don't really want to take a razor to a fretboard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> you just, I'm sure it's a learned touch, and once you have the touch, like you can go all day long on it. I'm, I'm not comfortable. I know I don't have like the the sensitivity and like pressure sensitivity to do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, how to clean staticky pots? Uh. I've always just like turned the the pots real quick and a bunch of times and that usually clears up any issues I'm having with the pots and if they're still giving me problems I usually just replace the pots. <laughs> yeah, I've used uh I've got some electronic cleaner uh-huh. that I got from Radio Shack. Um there's another product on the market called Deoxit uh-huh. that is supposed to work really well. Um a lot of times it Sometimes it depends on whether or not you can actually access the internals of a pot. Yeah. A lot of times, if you can, you can just spray in there and then, like, turn the pot back and forth a bunch. And it will, like, turning the pot actually moves like a um, a flange inside the pot. And uh-huh. that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so by moving it at the same time, like the that liquid is going to get in there and it's going to clean out the oxidation. Uh-huh. The other thing I'll do is if I have like the pot where uh, uh, it's more of an open space is, and you can actually do this even without taking your pot off of your guitar if you really wanted to, is I'll just spray down the shaft. If it's especially oh, yeah. if it's a completely closed pot where you can't get anything inside, I'll spray down the shaft, and sometimes you can get enough in there to clean it out. What you really don't want to use, it'll work for a short time, but in the long run, it's actually a lot worse. Is WD forty? Oh no, don't do that. Uh, WD forty will make it super clean, but the thing is, is WD forty doesn't evaporate completely, so it'll like in the long run, it'll actually gunk up. Yeah, uh, your stuff, especially because it's on inside, so you can't wipe it off yeah i've actually speaking of wiping stuff off though i have used uh wd-40 and and electronic cleaner one or the other if you ever have like if you ever see something on craigslist you think like that would be a rad guitar if it didn't have 50 mentally stupid what is wrong with this person stickers on it <laughs> a punk rock guitar uh, punk rock guitar uh, you'll see these every once in a while like i've seen Mexican, or a reggae guitar yeah i've seen mexican strats like under two hundred dollars because they were like covered in stickers yeah you know that might be a guitar where you think like oh that would be cool if it wasn't covered in stickers well it's going to take some time but if you can figure out how to get the stickers off you can get all the gunk off with like an electronics cleaner sure or wd-40 or goo gone 
or Gugon, yeah. and on a polyfinish guitar, none of those nine of those products are going to no, uh, damage the fine. finish. Yeah, they'll come right off. It'll be like super clean to polish. Again, like just if you use WD forty, make sure you wipe it down. You yeah. gotta wipe all this stuff down and keep it away from an open flame. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, don't smoke while you're spraying WD forty <laughs> or electronics cleaner or any other alcohol based cleaner. Yeah. Uh, so that's been our topic grab bag. Uh, we don't have anything else? That's it. All right. We don't have a song this week. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should play one of our... Have we played anything for Morning Glass? No, we haven't. Okay, we'll play a Morning Glass song. Probably uh, Cowboys and Indians. Oh, that'd be a cool cool one. Uh, that or... or uh, what's, uh, 28 Steps? 28 what's, Steps. What's it called? I'll pick one and, and I'll put it in there. It'll be obvious which one it is. Yeah. Uh, this is a band that Steve and I used to... I'm trying to, to think of which one has of the coolest guitar solo in it. <laughs> because I'm such a, like, not a lead player. Right. That for a couple of those songs, I was, like, really stoked with the lead work yeah. I did. This is a, a band that Steve and I put together for about a year. Yeah. And like uh, it was us and then our friends, Megan Davey, and I decided to shift gears and try to do more of a... Uh, a strummer songwriter role in it. Yeah. And so I was just playing a, a, a hollow body Hamer echo tone. And then Steve came in and was doing the lead guitar work for this band. Yeah. So it's a, it's a rare cho- uh, chance to hear Steve in his lead guitar prime <laughs> on one, one of these tracks. I'll pick the, I'll pick one that's got a good lead guitar track on it. All right, cool. Uh, I, I know 28 steps has a, has a good, like nice ambient, guitar yeah, thing going on that's true. that's true i feel like there's another one but that might have a good one i don't cowboys and indians might have one i don't remember yeah we'll we'll pick one it'll be cool we'll we'll say on the group which song it is yeah uh you, thanks for listening guys if you have songs so that we can play them at the end of episodes please send them into or email 60 cycle hum cast at gmail.com yep uh, check us out on the Facebook group, which you just go to Facebook and then search for 60 cycle hum and it should come up. Uh, yep. uh the podcast can be found on Tumblr. We found out recently that it only posts the 20 most recent episodes, uh, on iTunes. So if you want to listen back to older episodes, you got to go to the Tumblr. So- yeah. Oh, so that actually reminds me, I wanted to do this earlier in the episode. And I forgot if, if anyone out there, uh, is familiar with RSS uh-huh. and has an idea about how we could do basically like an unlimited RSS feed. Um, shoot us an email. Yeah. Uh, I think I can probably figure it out, but if you know how to do it already and you can explain it to me, like how that coding works, um, then we can move a lot faster. And I would love to get all of our episodes back up on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know this Tumblr issue because. Uh, you know, most of you guys who have been with us from the beginning have been listening from the beginning. There's no reason to go back. Yeah. But we've, you know, as we've grown uh, and as we've expanded our listening audience, you know, people want to go back. And we just found out a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, you, iTunes only goes back to episode 13. And every time we release a new episode, iTunes gets one shorter. Yeah. Or one like newer. So. When we dropped episode 33, then episode 13 disappeared. When we dropped 34, episode 14, yeah. et cetera. It it's like sh- our past is disappearing. It's like back to the future. Yeah. It's like we're only, it's like we're always going to be 20 episodes old. We're looking at like a photo of ourselves and my brother's in there and he's fading away. 
But it's like your bro- it's like it's like your <laughs> my brother, brother stands is, for episodes. It's like your brother is fading away, but a newer, younger brother is appearing in his place. <laughs> but that brother will eventually fully form, and then he'll start fading away, and another brother. Oh my gosh! All these and it'll brothers. just be a cycle. Yeah. Will there ever be a sister? I think other podcasts handle this. They buy a. Uh, putting their older episodes up for sale on iTunes. Oh, maybe. And they do collections like Mark Maron does that a lot. Well, I think also... Oh, you want to go listen to my first hundred episodes? Go on to iTunes and buy them. Yeah, well, I think also they may get around it by paying for like actual podcast there's yeah there are companies that do uh podcast hosting like that is their specialty yeah uh so they probably take care of all that back end all you have to do is upload a file and type in some information and, and they automatically do all the coding i don't yeah. know how much that stuff costs and the, the bigger podcasts are on networks and stuff yeah. like that where there's other people taking care of these details yeah we're just we're just two guys here yep why do you guys expect so much from us? We're just two guys. <laughs> if our entire, you know, if our entire listening audience sent us a dollar, like each person sent us one dollar, we we'd could- have forty dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, uh, no, we'd have a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, we could. We probably would be able to fund probably like six months of a service or something. Yeah. I don't know how much these services. We're not are. saying to send us a dollar right yeah, now. Yeah, we're just saying like. The reason that other podcasts are able to do it is because we are not in, we're not invested in it, and that's fine. Like we yeah. we love what, doing this. So yeah. well, the other podcasts have sponsors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like we like we said, here's a song from uh, our band, The Morning Glass, which yeah. is now defunct, no longer in action. Nope. Uh, but enjoy the song. Thank you for listening to the episode. Uh, check us out on all the different ways you can connect with us. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. email. Oh, I forgot it about Instagram. Yeah, okay, see you guys next week. See ya. And she